0: Listening to Halford and Bruff.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Halford and Bruff Studio of Rights. Happy Halloween.
2: <laughs> it' will one-on-a Monday, not just any Monday though. Uh, the international holiday in Andy Cole's world, known as Halloween. Andy, how you feeling? This was like this is the big uh, big moment for you. This is the payoff. It's your Christmas. This is your Christmas.
1: This is, yeah, this is one of the greatest days of the year, if not the greatest
2: day of the year. So walk me through it a little bit before we get to Ian McIntyre, who's waiting patiently. Uh, <laughs> it, I know that you spent countless hours recording a great intro, by the way. Thank you. Okay. it's <laughs> my Vincent Price, I guess. <laughs> um, what does the day hold now? Well,
1: <laughs> um, I'm not going to do the whole voice like that, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, after my uh, afternoon nap, we'll Wake up. There'll be Halloween candy waiting. Maybe put on a costume or two. I don't know. See if we have time. Do you have costumes at home? Uh, Somewhere. But yes, there are several. Right. Um, And then there's the Simpsons Halloween special
2: a It's called carried- cosplay, you guys. Right. When you're adults, <laughs> it's called cosplay. Yeah.
1: The Simpsons Halloween special a carries me through the night. I'm very it's happy be- for It'll be great.
2: You. I, you, I know we're not streaming Andy, but there's just been this sense of <laughs> childlike wonder all day.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> you love Halloween. It's I do. It's great.
2: Whereas the rest of us are like, oh. <laughs> does, the,
0: does the Switch Witch come and visit you? Do you know what the Switch Witch is?
2: Explain this to me. Explain
0: this. You don't know what the Switch Witch is. I've never is, heard of you? this before. No one in the studio Switch right now
2: knows what you're talking
0: about. The, the Switch Witch is uh, they come and get the candy from the kids and give them a present. Oh. So. Basically, if you don't want your kids to eat too much candy, is this like a
1: British thing or something?
0: I didn't know about it. all. <laughs> it's a I mean parents just, thing that don't uh, want their kids. I, just, eating I just, I just, I just, I think it's a way for parents to get the candy. Actually, I was going to say I've never well, heard it, of this. It, That's there's, great. There's something plastic not made in this country. We're going <laughs> to take your country. I am now gonna or, th- your candy. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna I take na- your country yeah, too. You can keep the country. <laughs> uh, and
2: I'm now going to throw this to our next guest. Task if he has ever heard. Of said thing. Joining us now from Sportsnet, uh, Canucks analyst Ian McIntyre here on the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Ian, have you ever heard of the Switch Witch?
3: I have never heard of the Switch Witch.
2: Are you sure your parents didn't just make this up exclusively it wasn't, for not, you? It's not no, my parents. No, Scottish parents, parents too. It. I
3: don't think it's a British thing.
0: No, no, no. It's not my parents. So. I'd never heard about it until a few years ago. I, I've In fact, never...
3: I don't even think trick-or-treating is a British thing. But I t- it was a Canadian thing. And when I was a kid, I remember, like, I mean, Christmas was number one, like, getting presents and stuff. But Halloween was close to your birthday as, like, the number two day of the year. Like, ki- kids at school, you'd be radiating oh, yeah. with a- with excitement.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, I don't know how teachers got anything done that day. Probably they didn't. But it was it was massive. Like, I- just...
0: I think it was third in the power rankings like it would go <laughs> yeah. Christmas your birthday and then Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're a selfish kid your birthday might yeah. go number 1 and then Christmas number 2 and then Halloween, but Halloween was always pretty pretty strong in number 3. That's a good power yeah. ranking by I, the way. It's I, I know
3: we don't want we don't don't want to just go down memory lane, but you guys probably remember as well even though you're a little younger, just slightly it's than late. I am. how how big it was how much market penetration Halloween had for, for little kids? Like, you'd look out your window at five, hoping to see somebody on the sidewalk. Because as soon as other kids were out, could you could, <laughs> you could grab your bucket and go. Mm-hmm. And it would literally be like, I don't know, like a, a Christmas sale at the mall, except it was on the street. Like, yeah. that's how many people were going up and down sidewalks on each side. We had a neighbor who had a cotton candy machine. What? You really? made cotton candy for the kids. Wow.
1: Do they still have this iMac? And where do you live? <laughs> where are the coordinates to this?
3: It, it doesn't. It do, I don't think it exists anywhere now, sadly. But yeah, it was it was fantastic. Come home with come home with half a pillowcase full of candy. It wasn't even good candy like we have now. Yeah. Some of it was good. Some of it was good, but you get all kinds of you know a box of raisins and stuff like that, but. It was still awfully exciting.
0: So, IMAC, can the Canucks build on that performance on Friday against the Penguins? Easily their best performance of the season, but like yeah. Bo Horvat said after the game, we've only won two games. We've got a hole to dig out of here.
3: Yeah, well, uh, good question and excellent segue. Uh, that was a joke, right, because there was no segue. There was
0: just, no segue at just all. Redirected just redirected <laughs> me. Bam, right um, to it.
3: Well, they're going to have to build on it, and, uh, and I must admit that I was surprised by how well they played against Pittsburgh like I did not see that coming I don't think we'd seen anything remotely as good as that uh, certainly not for a full game for 60 minutes because having covered the game in Seattle it was just so much relief right it was it was uh, the the release of all the nervous tension and anxiety that had had been Gathering on the team when they when they won that game against Seattle, but they didn't play very well. Like they 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 did some things well. There were a lot of good things to it, but the amount of ch- chances they gave up and and how they were outshot in the third period, it wasn't a great performance. But it was a great win. Uh, I just didn't. I don't know how they parlayed that, which was obviously uh, a big mental building block for them you know it wasn't a, it wasn't a game building block cuz they didn't play that well but just getting some confidence back and feeling good about themselves it was remarkable how well they actually played against Pittsburgh that looks like you know the team that they're trying to be and if they actually played that game if they played the Pittsburgh game every game you know this would be a well over 100 point team like that's that's how good it was now I think New Jersey uh, people don't realize how good New Jersey is potentially, and how fast uh, how fast that team is, and how much skill. But yes, they, it's, they certainly can build on it. They'll be filling, you know, the difference in their mindset now from a week ago is just you know profoundly improved, and there's confidence. So, uh, but they have to build on it. They're still two five and
2: two. You know who looked happier than a kid on Halloween, Ian? Uh, that was Andre Kuzmenko in the aftermath. That's how you segue, by the way. That, yeah. In the aftermath of that game against Pittsburgh, and I know that you wrote a lot about, like, the vibe check and how yeah. confidence is a great thing because even though it's only two wins, you can just tell and you can just feel that something's different and it was great watching Kuzmenko because he seemed just genuinely overjoyed not that he got to score at Rogers Arena but that he got to do it against Crosby and Malkin and the Penguins and a little bit of infectious vibe there where okay everything's starting to feel a little bit better now I guess and the question you asked is can that continue to roll through the rest of this road trip or sorry homestand
3: yeah well I think I think the Russian players. Like what a what a strong component they have suddenly become on an organization that that felt like it went two decades without a Russian, and they now have they now have three and they're all playing well. Podkolzin's not you know getting on the score sheet the way that Kuzmenko and Makayev have, but they're they're all engaged. It seems to me, and and this isn't a view from twenty thousand feet, but I'm still a fair distance because you know, I don't speak Russian. It seems to me they're really good guys. And I think they're really supportive and pushing each other. And I thought it was great. Uh, you know, just anecdotally, like at the end of that game. So they, I saw pod goals in there and I've actually on that road trip. Here's the value of traveling on the road trip. You get to actually have conversations with players where you're not necessarily interviewing. And so I had a couple of conversations with, Pot and so I'm slowly getting to know him a little bit. So I saw him standing there and I said, what, they send you out instead of Kuzmenko? And he sort of said, yeah, they, you know, he's coming out and he's going to interpret. And then Kuzmenko comes out and then there's the big scrum, which I ignored because you just, you know, the third person translation, especially when they're not translating word for word speaking in the first person as if they were uh, that that guy, it's not. It's not all that helpful for me uh, personally, but I still listen. And then, so the scrum broke out. And I know that Kizmenko can speak a little bit of English because I talked to him on the road. So I approached him to just kind of ask why was he so happy about scoring compared to the other goals he scored. And Pod Colson was still there. So he, he was still doing his interpret- interpretive job while Kuzmenko was kind of fine to talk to me in English. So they were both speaking to me in English and then a little bit of Russian, a little more, little more English. But when when Kuzmenko said how excited he was because, you know, it's the Penguins and Crosby and such a good team. And that's when Pod Colson told me, yeah, Kuzmenko had they were talking earlier and Kuzmenko had said how they used to play PlayStation, NHL PlayStation, and they'd be playing those guys. And so to play them now, it's just incredible. But those guys, they're so, uh, I guess what the difference is and, you know, having covered the team a long time and there's not, as we know, there has not been a very big sample of Russian players here and the sample that we had prior to now hasn't been very impressive. There hasn't been a lot of success rate there. But the the one thing I I see in in those two guys, and Mikhayev has been here a few years and I, I haven't really had a conversation with him yet. But those two guys, they they embrace this uh so enthusiastically, and they embrace all of it. They're not just embracing, yeah, trying to trying to chase dollars in the NHL and be rich and famous. They embrace being part of the team. They embrace living in Vancouver. They embrace uh, the, the cultural transition. You know, they embrace being, you know, small parts of a big team in the NHL. So, you know, wh- how, how, where they end up, how good they become, I think they're both going to be really good, good players. But it's such, to me, such a positive, encouraging start for them that uh, the, the way things are going and just their embrace of this. Because unless, as we saw, unless you really want to be here and all accept everything that comes with playing in another country and another city and this market and the spotlight and all that, it's really hard to be successful on the ice. Well, these guys embrace the whole thing, and I think that's going to help them be successful on the ice.
0: Ian, the Canucks have made a couple of trades. Um, they weren't earth-shattering trades, but they both had some similarities. Uh, they were both for younger players that were established, well, trying to establish themselves in the NHL. They played games in the NHL. And also uh, they addressed areas of weakness. Jack Stadnica addresses an area of weakness right now, especially with Curtis Lazar out down the middle, and you can never have enough centers anyway. And then Ethan Baer addresses the deficiency on the right side of of the blue line, uh, Jim Rutherford in an interview with Pierre LeBrun, and I hate to do this to you, IMac, uh, bringing in That's another reporter into this. Okay. But I thought he had a, a pretty interesting um, quote. He said, "We'd like to change this overnight, like everybody, but we just have to peck away at this and stick with the plan. Peck away. Maybe that might be something that we bring into our analysis a little bit because yeah. you know we've all expected like these major, significant trades." From the Canucks, but maybe the plan from Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin is just to make a bunch of these little trades and peck away at it.
3: Well, I I think they've been clear uh, really since last season. You know, when, when, remember when Rutherford came in, he said he's going to take some time to assess and he mentioned the big road trip in January. And then the big road trip in January came and there was a flurry of stories and conjecture all Canucks are about to get active. They're going to make moves. Nothing happened same thing at the deadline connection to do this that nothing happened i think it was was pretty clear and at that point of course the team is suddenly winning i think they had decided then this is a pretty good group and they have a lot to build with and i don't think it was ever in their plans about you know a rebuild or that they were going to trade prime players and and then of course when they signed miller they're doubling down on all of that and and we'll continue to debate that probably for years, but that was, you know, that was the sign that they're all in with this group, not necessarily all 23 players, but they, they really like the core. They like what they have to work with here. And so now they're, now they're building the team. And, and I I read the LeBron story. It was a good piece. And uh, the term he uses, we're building team and, and people can use whatever term they want. Well, that's, you know what, that's what most NHL teams are doing is you you're just trying to be better uh, all the time. It, it I know it didn't work with Jim Benning cuz you know mostly because of the free agent shortcuts that they tried and those guys didn't work out and you know that said they were in the playoff bubble and and it was really the 2 years after that 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 doomed that regime cuz they didn't continue to get better. I uh, I think this is what Alvine and Rutherford have sort of settled on a while ago is that there's good core players here they're not going to they don't want to trade those guys and now they just want to build build the team make it better around them and you know that's where they need to try to succeed where the last regime failed because there were good players here before Rutherford and Alvin got here but the group Around those good players was never strong enough, and then on top of that, you have the culture thing and trying to get these young players to have a certain mindset when it comes to winning. You know, beyond their their personal goals. So, I didn't find it very surprising. I know it's going to frustrate some people who want to see this overt reconstruction. I just don't think that's going to happen.
2: Speaking of Sportsnet's Ian McIntyre here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet six fifty. Uh, IMAC, Spencer Martin on Friday night, 5-1 win over the Penguins, 34 saves. You wrote that Martin deserves to play more often as starter Thatcher Demko struggles to reestablish last season's form. Do you think that Martin will play more?
3: I do. I do. And, and Boudreaux basically said that as well in his, in his post-game uh, uh, press availability that you know he made the point i hadn't thought of it in this term that martin's got points for him in every game he's played like boudreau hasn't coached a game with spencer martin and goal where they haven't got something out of the game and so he said that uh, they are going to to use him more i think my question was he's only played in back-to-backs can you can you get him in more than that and and boudreau basically said yes and a lot of this has to do with Thatcher Demko. And people say, oh, you know, goaltending contract. There's no controversy here. Like, Thatcher Demko is your starter. And not only is he your starter, he's one of the b- better goalies in the NHL, and he's going to be a core player for you for the next four years at least, you know, through this, through this contract. And Spencer Martin is the backup who, who's on a two-year deal. That's not controversial. Neither is the idea that if your starter is scuffling a little bit, and I think that that Demko has been better than his stats indicate. I think there's been a lot going on in front of him. But we can all see he's not yet at the level he was last year. And there's nothing wrong if your backup, who's playing, appears to be playing pretty well, he's only had two games, but they've been pretty good, there's nothing wrong with giving him an extra start here and there. We're not saying, and I don't think this is going to happen. Spencer Martin is not going to play four of the next five games. You know, he's not suddenly going to be starter. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with you know rotating them for now, or at least getting Martin in every third game instead of every fifth game. And uh, I think it's I think it's smart. I mean, that's using your assets and. There there's no reason if your backup goalie is getting you points and playing well, it would seem to be foolish not to try to play him a little more.
2: iMac, this was great. Thanks a lot for doing this. We really appreciate it. Enjoy all the games this week. There's a whole bunch of them. We'll do this again next Monday. Well, happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween to you as well. That's Ian Mac. I hope the
0: switch witch is good to you, iMac. I think
2: he's gone. Oh, the switch witch. <laughs> the switch witch took him. It uh, was not good to him. Did, has anyone weighed in through the Dunbar Lumber text message in-basket saying, I also know of the Switch Witch? The
0: Switch Witch is new, okay? <laughs> the Switch Witch is relatively new. The if kid you better Google be getting su- a Nintendo Switch if you're going to take out the candy. The Switch Witch, oh, I'm just going to gonna it. ignore that. Oh, I got to... The Switch Witch is one of the newer holiday traditions that we probably didn't have as kids, and has become quite popular around Halloween. So it's new. Uh, the idea is kids invite the witch to take some candy... Uh, the candy they don't want, and leave a healthier treat in its place now sounds awful I, uh, the way we do it is not a healthy treat in its place. it's like a toy. so it's just something to consider. Just throwing it out there. I'd never heard of it either. Well, it's a new thing okay
2: on that note who someone sent this in? I apologize for not having your name in front of me, but they said what they get their kids to do is line up all the candy and then they sell it to the parents. So, the kids eat less candy. Mm. The parents get some. The kids get something in return. And I suppose there's some sort of like economic financial lesson involved there. I, r-
0: I remember it's organizing. So, like you give your kids an
2: hourly wage for yeah. the candy collection? <laughs> 20 bucks <laughs> an hour, kids.
0: Give me we're candy. We're going to invest the arrow bars on this side. Do you guys remember organizing your candy? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that. Like I did that. Laying it out. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a glorious thing. This is my harder. We got work. an
0: arrow bar shortage.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then, but that would also coincide with the candies that your parents would take away, right this is true. Because yeah. there would always be a few. They're either they're my my mom would be like, I knew what house that came from. Give me that candy. You're not eating that, right? She she had a keen eye. This on... is
1: the special candy for the grown-ups.
2: <laughs> or or there was the one that came with like the really crappy wrapping, where you're like, that's not sealed properly. Who knows yeah. what's going we'll on? I gave you a outside. rotisserie to... chicken. Yeah, right. I'm yes. laughing
0: at some of the texts into the Dunbar Lumber t- text line. My daughter only gives the candy she doesn't like to the Switch Witch. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, the other one, this text. Got me laughing. Is the switch with my ex-wife? She was nice at first, then the switch happened. Hey-oh! <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> uh, let's do some what we learned here. Uh, I'm going to start out, and um, this is going to make Halford feel good and bad at the same time. I know what you're doing. I don't like this at all. Because I learned that Liverpool... Is so bad this year. How bad are they? Liverpool is so bad that they lost to Leeds. Hey, screw you, pal. Over the weekend. Halfords, Leeds United, who were in the relegation zone. And Liverpool, I believe, is now 4-4-4. Four, four, and four, Nowhere close to the top of the table in England. What is going on with Liverpool? Nobody wants to hear about Leeds.
2: <laughs> uh, we in uh, Past tense. We were in the relegation zone, Jason. Were in the relegation zone. Um, Liverpool is, they, they're having a crisis season by their standards. Now, uh, silver lining, still very much alive in Champions League. It fe- Okay, honestly, it feels like they put all the eggs in the Champions League basket. Right. It feels at this point like they have acknowledged that maybe we're not going to win the league considering we're in ninth and we're behind Brighton and Fulham. So, hey, you know, fair game. City and Arsenal are off to outstanding—I still think City's going to win it in a runaway, but anyway.
0: Well, Live Golf FC is up to fourth now.
2: Oh, you mean your beloved Newcastle United. Yes, that's a Champions League spot for Newcastle, taking Mm -hmm. one previously held by Liverpool. Anyway, um, there's also—so it's funny, Virgil van Dijk, who's a star defender for Liverpool— and he's not played especially well. In fact, he's played quite poorly. Yeah. To the point where there are rumblings deep in Liverpool Twitter, which does exist. And I'm sad that I took L- part in it. Liverpudlian
0: Twitter. Yes,
2: Liver Twitter. That's a different thing. Um, and they're saying it looks like he is so determined to go into the World Cup healthy that he's dogging it for Liverpool. He's not going <laughs> full out in his domestic <laughs> campaign. And hey, you know what? I'll use that as a pivot point to another conversation. Fair enough. Because the amount of guys that are going to miss this World Cup with injuries they picked up in a very physically demanding domestic campaign is like off the charts. So, this morning, for example, I guess someone sent me a note that Romolo Lukaku, uh, formerly of Chelsea, now with Inter, and a star striker for the Belgian team that's going to play Canada, mm-hmm. he's now got an injury, a hamstring injury that could prevent him from playing in the World Cup. Good, good. Right, yeah, like I'll take it. Good. Anything that, you know, on November 23rd. When Canada takes on Belgium, anything to make the Belgians less strong, I'll take. But uh, this was always going to be the problem with having a winter World Cup: yep. is those the, like all the high-profile clubs, their their seasons are like just jam-packed. So you have you have league games domestically on the weekend, you have European games midweek where you're going to play Champions League or Europa or Conference, mm-hmm. then you're right back into playing at home. And don't forget the season kind of got thrown into arrears. Um, when the queen passed away, yep. that postponed two weeks worth of matches. Like it's very, very intense injuries happen all the time. Cause the guys are
0: playing crazy amounts of minutes. Meanwhile, the MLS season is over for a lot of teams. The playoffs are still going on. I think, yep. um, <laughs> no, they are the finals. And the question there is, um, yeah, they're going to stay healthy by, you know, not playing games, but will they be in form? For the World Cup mm-hmm. When a, when the World Cup starts uh, Alright, give us a moo on that We're going to go to break now Text in your What We Learns Into the Dunbar Lumber text line At 650-650 We will read them On the other side
2: Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130
3: Now for my favorite part of the show Well that's say. Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always
2: dead. 831 on a Monday. Happy Halloween, everybody. Halford Brough, Sportsnet 650. Halford Brough of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Also brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Uh, we played Krusty coming back from break. It is Halloween, and you mentioned that you love the uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. I do. Now, funnily, oddly enough, I think you. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you agree with me. On this. I never liked. I
0: never. The hot, I, never I never liked, really
2: liked them. Cared for them. Yeah. Wow. However. Wow. I know. It's just they were. I don't know what it was. I can't. They really have even... so
1: many good episodes. Mm-hmm. So many amazing jokes. Like I gotta. Like
2: and how many they cram into just ten minutes is the best part. <laughs> so there. I was watching one yesterday, and it's the one where groundskeeper Willie gets burned. That's, by, the, yeah, by The furnace. That's one of my top three. He goes up, so, so. He's on fire, and he goes up to the PTA meeting that's going on. Right. But they're like, you can't talk right now, even though you're on fire millhouse's dad has the floor
1: <laughs> i don't like the idea that my son millhouse is eating two spaghetti meat bo- dinners in one day
2: he's upset because they How don't do you, up- you skeleton
1: power <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah he's getting upset because they're not <laughs> posting the kids he couldn't get out because the doorknob falls off ah. like yeah <laughs> oh lousy smart weather
0: we are coming to you live from the Kintech studio Kintech footwear and orthotics Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over fifteen hundred five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech dot net. Don't touch Willie. Good, good advice. advice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so good. Like, okay, if you watch any, do w- wa- watch the the Groundskeeper Willie uh, Nightmare on Elm Street parody. Uh, the, the Mr. Burns vampire parody is my absolute top. Yeah, that one is so so funny. Yeah. So many jokes in 10 minutes. It's just nonstop. He drives the steak into his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> Omer, Kill my boss. crotch. <laughs> Do I dare get a, live out the American dream? And also the other really good one is... Oh, my uh, God. Monkey uh, paw. Monkey paw is a great one. Monkey paw okay. good. Yeah. Well, we played that off the I got top, it from that we? guy right over there. Yeah.
2: Oh, no, wait. There he is. You'll be sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll stop. That, oh. was, that was just a bunch of words. A bunch
1: of words. Like, I, I'm telling you, they're so good.
2: This only accentuates how much Andy loves what he calls... Mm-hmm. His Christmas, also known as
0: Halloween. We okay. allow Andy to be giddy on Halloween. One, and, one and, day a day year. And also every other day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> Joe Bob with what we learned. I am not a Seahawks fan, but it is oddly exciting to see the Seahawks so vastly exceeding expectations, still leading the NFC West around the season's halfway mark, all while Russell Wilson struggles in Denver, but not London, who only barely beat the lowly Jaguars this week. Imagine this. Imagine Pete Carroll wins coach of the year. That'd be great. And Russell Wilson misses the playoffs with the Broncos.
2: So again, the, for all those people that are yelling at me like, Geno Smith doesn't deserve MVP consideration. You're wrong. He does. <laughs> um, we, me and my buddies were watching the Chargers game last weekend. And my buddy's a big Seahawks fan. And he goes on these like tangents about like how, what, what could happen. And one of yeah. them was uh, Pete Carroll's Hall of Fame candidacy, which I think is pretty cool clear-cut, but also, he said, could this be the best coaching job of Pete's career mm-hmm. at the end of the day? Let's say he takes this team to the place. I mean, let's say he takes them to win the NFC West, which is well within the cards right now.
0: I sp- yeah, yeah, I still think the 49ers are the are the favorites.
2: But, but would yeah. it be the best coaching job of his career? Let's just say this: as a Seahawks tenure. This is a guy that's won a Super Bowl, don't forget, and got mm-hmm. back to another one, but doing what he's doing and what they're doing collectively. I think Clint Hurt and the coordinators all deserve a bunch of credit, but this has been a really great year. Now, Nick Sirianni in Philly is a pretty significant favorite, I would say, right now to win Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. But if the Seahawks keep going, I mean, especially if they win the next two games and get to 7-3 and three before the bye, Pete's in that conversation big time.
0: Uh, Chaitan and Surrey, what we learned, I learned according to David Ornstein, is he the Athletic? Soccer writer for The Athletic? Yes. Uh, Chayton calls him the freege of European footy. Inter Miami are the front runners to sign Leo Messi yeah. next summer. So much so that Miami are expecting the transfer to happen, as they've had numerous meetings with Messi's father. If this happens, would this be the biggest player acquisition in North American sports history? Oh, man. I mean...
2: Yeah. He's still playing at such a high level, Messi.
0: Didn't he score an incredible goal yes. over the weekend?
2: Yes, like he's still bagging goals for PSG. Mm. There's a lot of people that are saying given this is probably his last World Cup and Argentina, I've I've heard mixed reviews on what people are expecting from Argentina. Some say it's like a less talented group than they've had in the past, but they've actually got more of a team spirit because of that and everyone's kind of realizing that this could be Messi's last game they, the they
0: also traded Russell Wilson
2: so they their, did not their, trade their Russell team Wilson. spirit is through the roof uh, but point being I that's a tough one to kind of work through in real time like the, the biggest he would be the biggest player to ever join MLS at the stage of his career that he would be joining uh, and my so the, the little backstory real quick Miami's been clearing the books of all the they've Brought in a lot of veteran European guys and South American guys. Now they're all gone. Right. I think they're starting fresh. They've been tied to Ronaldo and Messi since the time they started. Because Is that
0: Beckham's team. That's
2: Beckham's team. Okay. Yeah. Because they said like if you're gonna get um, high profile guys to come to North America, like they're not going to. No. All due respect. Like they're not going to Real Salt Lake. Can you Lake. imagine? They're Messi,
0: not Messi playing the Whitecaps at BC Place. It'd be amazing.
2: Oh, when uh... they'd sell that game out, I bet. Oh, yeah, like absolutely, bo- they would go up to sixty thousand. Yes, yeah. it would be it would be a complete sellout. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean the, the the handful of times that really noteworthy players have come here, there's a crazy buzz because it's the people that don't care about the caps mm-hmm. but are still huge. Football fans, like when Ibrahimović was here. That was awesome. I you was could, at that game, yeah. took forever to get in because the doors were all jammed Remember up.
0: how excited Ferraro was?
2: He met him afterwards. It was a big deal. And it Messi's that times, God, like 100? I don't know.
0: John and Camby Village, what we learned. Forget sleep doctors. The Canucks should hire Russell Wilson as their travel consultant. High knees on long-haul flights are the way forward for professional sports teams. Yeah, the I mean, Russ played fine. They he won. played fine for the Broncos in a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he made some nice throws. He used his legs. Uh, I don't know if he had anything to do with Trevor Lawrence throwing a bunch of interceptions, he but was he wasn't very good. And the Jacksonville Jaguars still aren't very good. Um, the AFC West. Do you remember everyone was talking about the AFC West and like people were saying like it's now possible for technically possible for all four teams in a division to make the playoffs cuz mm. you know you get the four division winners the winners and then the three wild cards. The AFC West right now is a combined 14 and 15. It stinks. Like the Raiders got shut out by the Saints over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh the Chiefs are still good, but even they've had a couple I mean they lost to Indianapolis. Yep. Earlier in the season, the Chargers, we saw the Chargers. Seahawks fans saw the Chargers Uh, A couple weeks ago, not impressed, super injured, super injured, right?
2: The wide receivers are gone down. It's not a great division. That's one of the things that we were talking about earlier with Mike Tannier. By the way, if you want to listen to Mike's interview, download the hour two podcast. Uh, And we were saying, look at the uh, AFC South. Look at the NFC South. There's a lot of bad divisions right now where there's mediocre teams at the top, not Seattle. They are not mediocre. Uh, I got one here. What we learned from Jay in Langley. Hashtag WWO what we learned. Seeing images of the ASU visitors' dressing room f- facilities shouldn't be an embarrassment. It should be an advantage for the Coyotes moving forward. Hashtag, hashtag Costco chairs. Um, you've got audio, right? Uh, Mika Zabinajad talking about, was, it, was this it?
1: <laughs> Talk, talking around Mullet Arena, basically. He uh, didn't want to say anything negative or bad about it, but you could tell this wasn't the NHL experience that mm-hmm.
2: he's used to. What, what kind of feeling is it just to be able to come back here and get, you know, to play in this arena tonight? The atmosphere, a, you know, it's a smaller arena.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different. I uh, haven't done this in a while, so, um,
2: but no, I, I think it was, um, I think it was new, different, but, uh, I don't know, it's, it's hard to assess after just one game.
0: I think it was new? Uh, since it's Halloween, is it fair to point out that Mika Zabanejad looks like a vampire? Interesting. He looks like a vampire with his long black hair. He's got—he's pretty pale. He has he looks ex- like a vampire. He has—you know what? He has
2: exceptionally long and exceptionally black hair. His yeah. hair is very, very dark. Interesting. He's hey.
1: actually an extra on what we do in the shadows.
2: That uh, what's that now? It's a show. It's, a, it's, it's also a funny movie show. It's a funny. Show. What we do in the shadows yeah. Yeah. is it a vampire New show? York City. Yeah. Remember that? It's, they're, it's, all so like, they're, they're all like—they're all werewolves, aren't they? And, they're all from New Zealand. Yeah. They're all in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. And they're all vampires. I'm surprised you haven't heard of that. It was
0: originally a movie. I think Taika Waititi did it, and then. Now it's a show. A who now? Um, <laughs> Matt and Abby, what we learned, I learned that Felix auger Aliasim served his way to the tennis tournament hat trick this weekend, moving him into position to qualify for the ATP finals in Turin. He is on an absolute heater. Uh, I believe the tournament he won was in Switzerland. That is three in a row. Uh, I don't know where he is in the men's rankings. He's got to be a top ten men's Sixth. player in the world. Sixth. Sixth. That's. I mean, he's just still. He's still a young guy. This is. Um,
2: it's getting a lot of notoriety. I had another friend over the weekend. Uh, Jeff, the tennis guy, text me. He's like, "You guys really need to talk about this on the show. What he's doing right now. Not necessarily unprecedented, but to rip off three consecutive ATP Tour wins. Mm-hmm. It's going to vault him into that category where he starts playing regularly. Because the thing about tennis is there's the big money. There's big money all over the place. But there's that that year-end event where they, they collect the top six or eight guys. And then they play for uh, not only gobs of cash, but also you kind of have your standing as like a marquee attraction and yeah. a draw. Now, the thing with him is, can any of this, and Chapeau as well, can any of this translate over to a real deep run in one of the big tournaments, in one of the majors, where you kind of put yourself in a different echelon. Because, like, all due respect to, like, the Swiss Shard Open or whatever he won on the <laughs> yeah. weekend. Like, that's so, – and I'm, I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, diminishing his accomplishments or being backhanded to tennis no. fans. But those are minor events. Tennis enthusiasts will know about them. But, again, the casual observer is, like, Aussie, U.S. Open, Wimbledon, French Open. Are you going to make a run at one of those? And if, the way he's going, hopefully he'll be able to.
0: Stewie with what we learned. The Canucks still need to tank for Bredard. We win two games, sign a fringe player and a D-man who needs to get his groove back. And everyone is back on the playoffs train. How many times must we watch repeats of this show to find out this team is not good enough? Hey, fair enough. The Canucks have not earned the right to have expectations from everyone that all is going to be well because they put together a good performance or two. Yeah, they had a gritty performance down in Seattle, had some fights, and beat the Kraken. Yeah, they beat Pittsburgh on Friday and played really well, probably their most sound game of the season. Mm -hmm. They need to do more. I want to and that, I don't blame Stewie for having that opinion. Now, I'm not going to blame people that are also like, hey, let's look at the positive sides." They've won two in a row, and now they've got an opportunity with three more home games to, in theory, get back to NHL 500 before they head out on the road again. It all depends how you look at it. And one thing that I've come to appreciate in Vancouver is, and in sports just generally, is that there are very different types of fans. There are some fans that are just very objective they look at the facts, and they draw their conclusions from that. There are other types of fans that um, only want to look at the positives. And it's kind of like, and I'm jealous of these fans in a way, because it's kind of how I was as a kid. Sure, like I loved the Canucks as a kid. And I remember hearing media guys ripping the team, and I'd be like, Hey, like that's my favorite team, you know, but the reality was the Canucks were terrible when I was a kid, they were awful. This was the eighties. Like they were, they were an awful, awful team. Some people don't want to hear that. Some people want to hear the positivity. Now I'm just going to give my opinion the way I see it. And I still think this team has a lot of problems and I'm doubtful that they're going to be able to pull out of this hole, but Hey, it's like the Seahawks, right? I love being surprised positively. Sure. But I do feel like we're doing the exact same thing as we did last season now. Like, maybe they can do it. Maybe. Maybe they can do it. And at the end of the day, they didn't. Uh, That's kind of where I'm at right now.
2: Two things. One, uh, you bring up a good point because it is important to acknowledge that there's all different types of fans on the fan rainbow, the kaleidoscope, if you will. Uh, And one shouldn't dictate to the other how to do the fan experience. Does that make sense? There's enough room for everybody here. Fan gatekeeping is the worst. So just acknowledge that all these different perspectives exist and try not to get too heated about it outside of the hockey debates. That's fine. Two, uh, as it pre- and I want to circle back to something you were talking about pecking earlier when you were saying maybe they're just going to peck away at this roster. Yeah. I've, And then all of us responded by dancing like chickens in the studio. We all did the
0: pecking. That's how mature we are here. Anyway, I was thinking of a Simpsons clip actually. Yeah. He's drinking the water. <laughs> Just pecking away slowly. Water drinking bird. This uh, is the greatest adventure <laughs> in the
1: world. You're going to make a million dollars.
2: Oh, but this one's already been done. Yeah. Uh, as as it pertains to pecking away at this roster, I'm now really intrigued to see if the management group, Now that they've, I feel like they've got the ball rolling on trades. Like, okay, we're in our groove now. You know, we we got the trade machine up and running. They just
0: need to get their confidence back they with just, a couple
2: good <laughs> trades. Right. They put the they grease, the skids. It's like, okay, now it's rolling. If they look at the early part of this season and then all the flaws that they saw last year, because they said it was a flawed roster. If they keep pecking away, if they keep saying, you know what? Like, we're not done yet, and now we've got a chance to make more moves, and we're going to be aggressive, and we've warned the group. Studnika is not going to move the needle that much, folks. Like it was a trade where they saw a guy that needed a change of scenery. Really? I would, I would describe it as such. And they needed a gap to be filled at center when Lazar got hurt, but that's not going to really well, fundamentally alter the they're team. They're both
0: very uh, similar type of stories. Uh, Studnika had a lot of success in the AHL. Like, a lot. Like, he was a very good player in the yeah. NHL to the point where they were very excited hit in Boston. They were like, this is the replacement for Krejci. Yes. Now, Krejci has come back. <laughs> but at, at one point, Krejci was the replacement for K- no, Krejci at the end yeah. of the day. But at one point, and not too long ago, they were quite high on Studnika, But he needs to get his groove back, and so does Ethan Bear. So, they're going to get these massive opportunities in Vancouver. Uh, they're going to play a lot, and they're going to play in prime positions. Like Stunik is probably, he might be the three C. But here's on here, Tuesday. Here's where I wanted. So to he's g- going to get some pretty good line mates.
2: Yeah, and here's where I wanted to go with this. The t- the other thing these moves had in common, guys came in, but nobody left. Right? Additions are one thing, but if you're going to shake up a room, departures are a different thing. And I do wonder again now that the, <laughs> we're Trader Jim's in his trade and groove. Like I. I don't know about you, but I looked at the roster a couple times this weekend, and I'm like, "There's too many guys." Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's really... just some damaged guys. Yeah, there. but look at their blue... look at their blue line right now. Honestly, if you assume that Dermot's going to be healthy at some point, you're talking nine guys that probably think they're NHL defensemen, and the forward group. Once everyone again, all predicated on health, but look at it now. Uh, once Lazar comes back and he's healthy. There's a log jam there too so I, I look at it and say there's got something's gonna have to give eventually is that across so, that bridge when we get there stu- sort of scenario stu- no I, can play, I,
0: he can play on the wing too
2: no but I I just think that they are I got a feeling that a lot of the tinkering that they wanted to do in the summer like in the Rutherford column with LeBron, he talks about the Ethan Bear trade says clear as day we were trying to do this way back in the summer. we've been trying to do this for a while. Mm-hmm. and I do wonder if honestly, things got so bad or they said enough's enough. We're going to start to make these changes that we've wanted to make because all they needed was proof of concept and proof of concept right now is, Hey, you guys once again got off to a crappy start to the season that may end up costing us in the end. No more. No, 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 no. We're making trades. So I do wonder,
0: uh, what we learned from Ed, the knucklehead. I learned that my painful divorce from Russell Wilson has been eased by my love affair With Geno Smith, go Hawks. So is Geno Smith uh, a rebound relationship, or is he here to stay for a bit? Well,
2: what would you do if you were John Schneider right now? Would you be already talking to bring him back next year? Because I would.
0: Uh, I think it might be a bit early for that. Well, will it be? Even if there's a quarterback that you want to take in the draft or that you do end up taking high in the draft – you probably want to have a good veteran like Geno Smith around.
2: Is there not something to be said organizationally for rewarding a guy that does that for your team and your group? Yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying pay on past performances. No, no, we've seen no. But
0: you're not going to empty the bank vault for him.
2: Right now, unless he completely falls apart, and I don't know why you would think that he's completing 75% of his passes. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of make a commitment to the guy and say, hey, not only are you getting us results on the field, but it's very clear very clear that that team is much more harmonious without Russell Wilson there. Oh, you yeah. saw that remark from Lockett, right, yesterday? What, what was it again? He said something
0: along the lines he of, says it's, it's amazing a- what you can accomplish uh, when nobody cares who gets the credit. And everyone was like,
2: ooh,
0: I wonder who he's talking about. Yeah.
2: I mean, th- and that's a Geno Smith thing. Geno Smith's super selfless mm-hmm. when he's up there at the podium and talking. And he was the one after Lockett made all those mistakes yesterday, threw his arm around him. And it's, it's, it's okay, little buddy. We know that you fumbled on the two-yard line. We know that you dropped a sure touchdown. You'll get him. And what did he do? He went out there. He scored the game-winning touchdown. And then Ken Walker iced it. By the way, that Ken Walker run was was real nice yesterday. Real nice.
0: Well, the other reason, too, is that you might want to start thinking about Geno Smith bringing him back. He is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Um, you got this young group here that's feeling good about itself. There is going to be a transition from Geno Smith to whoever the next quarterback is at some point because Geno Smith isn't young. He's in his 30s now. But you don't want to take a step back. Like, you don't want to be like, They're oh, we, we let Geno Smith get away. Yeah. And now we're scrambling for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you got to reward
2: everyone on that team that's put them in this position, right? I mean, you asked a lot of the defense and they stepped up, held up their heart of the bargain, especially last week against Barkley. Uh, look at Kenneth Walker at running back. Gets an opportunity, becomes one of the best running backs in the division.
0: What we learned, what I learned this weekend, is that now with Ethan Bear in the Canucks lineup, he could very well get to play with Quinn Hughes, in which case we will now have a legit Huggy Bear pair. Nice. Nice. It's a bear I, market. I, I don't think Hughes and Bear are going to play together. I Just don't think that's the initial – I mean, they might at some point. But might, the line name awesome. Why you have to the line the, name. has to for the memes. Why do you have to ruin the text? You think Bruce Boudreau is just like, well, I don't know.
1: The line name sounds so good. We got to do it. I, I, this is terrible I, for the team. But this is great content. I'd like to. I'd like to spread out.
0: I'd like to spread out the puck movers. But yeah, we're gonna do it. Huggy be Bear guys. line. We gotta. I'm we gotta. Bruce Boudreaux. I'm Good Times Bruce. <laughs> if there was one coach, that good, would do it times, for the good times.
2: Yeah. He's like vibe check. Who wants to see Huggy Bear? And then he goes for it. The, okay. whole,
1: the whole room just hooting and
2: hollering. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, he did it. He did it. Okay. He uh, doesn't respond by Bruce anymore. It's just Good Times Bruce. Good Times Bruce is a great nickname. That is a great nickname. GTB.
1: Did Bruff just coin
2: that? Yeah, I think so. You need to. I don't know, trademark that. Good Times Bruce. Because his nickname is Good Times Bruff. It's not. It's good not good at good all. <laughs> it's not all. It's that is an like, ironic it's nickname. Like terrible <laughs> times, Bruff. <brough>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Should I announce the winners then? I guess. Uh, yeah. Since you've read you, them both, why don't you do that? So yeah, yeah, John in Camby Village, Tyson in Burnaby are the two winners of today's of the tickets for tomorrow's game congratulations
2: um what we learned and congrats to both of them very good text very good text uh this texter i just really wanted to read this because the texter's name is jacob box Uh, is that a nickname it's a good name i like it a lot box the box hashtag wwe what we learned the panthers could use a new kicker did you see what happened yesterday in this game between the 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 panthers and and the falcons i did not um, oh, I know the Falcons won. Yeah, there was a crazy play at the end. Where First place in their division. DJ Moore caught a touchdown for Carolina Okay. late with, like, 30 seconds left. Was it PJ to DJ? It was PJ to DJ. Okay. Very well done. Uh, he scores. They're going to kick the extra point to win the game. But he takes off his helmet Ooh, to celebrate. 15-yard penalty moves the extra point back. Eddie Pinheiro misses. Then, in overtime... Eddie gets a chance at a 33-yard chip shot to win the game again for the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm.
0: He did not. Maybe his foot was haunted.
2: No. <laughs> God, we're the worst. We're, uh, we're not good. We're not good. Uh, Andy, have you had a fun day? That's the most I, important I had a great thing
1: day. today. <laughs> great day. And it's going to be a great night, too. God, he's so adorable. Not too much candy, okay? Because
0: you got to work tomorrow morning. Well, we'll see.
2: Uh, we got to get out of here for today. It's been a fun show. And thank you all for listening. But we got to go uh, for now. We will be back tomorrow. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Brough. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. Happy Halloween, everybody. Be safe tonight.